Oh no. It is the American Soccer Show. I'm your host, Emmett McConnell, and yes, it is just me today. I have some news for those of you listening on the state of the show and what to expect moving forward. Eric Alcantar will be going on a hiatus from the American Soccer Show. He has moved on to bigger and better things, but hopefully he will return at some point. Until then, I'm still here. And I'm sure none of you turned in to hear me rabble on for an hour, but I'm going to change things. I don't want to give anything away just yet, but expect a new format in 2019. I'm not just going to be bickering with myself this whole time. Uh, you'll, You'll be seeing some changes moving forward. But since we did have an opening weekend in MLS... I'll touch on some topics that happened over the weekend, but first, I want to talk about the CONCACAF Champions League. As you know, Eric and I are huge proponents of the Champions League. It's always been a chance to take on new opponents from new leagues, which presents a new challenge to teams uh, and a chance to gain more global recognition, but after this week, I have changed my mind. No longer should the CONCACAF Champions League take preference over the league in its current system. If it was anything like the European system, then great. Focus on the CONCACAF Champions League. Go for it. But it isn't. In its current format, the CONCACAF Champions League is a preseason tournament. The CONCACAF Champions League starts before the season even starts. Most MLS teams don't have the depth to play a strong team in both CONCACAF Champions League and the league, which makes it even more challenging. For example, if you have a game on Saturday in the league, then Tuesday in the Champions League, then Sunday in the league, then you have another one on Wednesday. Four games in two weeks. You are pulling yourself extremely thin. In the UEFA Champions League, they have weeks off. They have a lot of time off. Manchester United, for example, played PSG in that first leg on February 12th. And then again, the second leg was on March 16th, over a month later. It's too early this season. The players aren't ready for it. They haven't played half a season to get into match fitness as they had in Europe, and I'm surprised that we haven't seen any major injuries yet. For Atlanta and their loss to Monterey, Pity Martinez was fouled 10 times by a team that is considered much better than his. So this isn't just a cheap hack and slash tactic from a lesser side. And on several occasions, I thought he wasn't even going to return to the game. Why expose your players to that? In the Champions League, you've already played over half a season before the knockout stage. Players are ready. They're fit. In the CONCACAF Champions League, it ends too early to mean anything to anyone. The UEFA Champions League ends at the end of March, sometimes the beginning of June. It's the last game on the club calendar season. Toronto's last game in the CONCACAF Champions last year, the final, was on April 25th. Even if they had won it, their season wouldn't have been salvaged because it was only five games into the league season. They won once and lost four times. Certainly helped their chances, but they weren't great after that. European teams can compete in both. MLS teams can't. And I don't think they should until we have reason to believe that they can field two highly competitive teams on both sides. Imagine if Pity busted a knee ligament in that game and had to miss most of the season. What a tragedy that would be. You wouldn't get the chance to see him play this year, and it would certainly have hindered his career development. Guess what? If you win the CONCACAF Champions League, great. But you still have 29 more games in the season. Again, in Europe, it's the last game. So if you go down like Toronto did, to ninth place from first, it's an absolute disaster. 
and it forces it just forces your teams too thin. I don't want to see teams focusing on it until we know that they can do it or until the format changes. I don't think it should be taken seriously. Sure, it makes MLS look worse compared to Mexican teams and those in CONCACAF, but so what? U.S. is already considered at least the second-best team behind Mexico on the national on the international stage. Is it really worth it for a club to tank the rest of your season and risk hurting your players to play in the CONCACAF Champions League to host it, to hoist the cup? Toronto, I would bet, would be in a much better position last year if they did not compete in CONCACAF Champions League in the same way and said focused on the league. But instead, here we are. They ended in ninth. And, you know, things have turned around for them now, but I still think that we should really consider, reconsider the emphasis that teams should be putting on the CONCACAF Champions League. It's not like fans turn up to these games anyway. It's not like it's really important to everyone. It's not like it brings in crazy money like the UEFA Champions League. So why is it such a focus? Winning a European title in many leagues is considered just as good as the league, if not better. Real Madrid, last three seasons, were salvaged by winning the Champions League, despite having poor league performances. Toronto, no. If they won it, it would not have changed a thing on their season. It still would have been a disappointment. If it was later in the year, maybe yeah, maybe I'd change my tune. But the fact that it goes so much earlier than the rest of the season. If it was a late-season tournament, yeah, I'd be all for it. But as it stands, I'm rethinking, I'm changing my stance on the Champions League. And the fact that MLS teams have just lost in this first leg... I'm all for it. Knock yourself out early. Not on purpose. Play the young guys. Play some depth. Give people a chance. But why risk your first team players to get hurt by playing them four times in, what, 14 days? It's too much for me. But let's get on to the news. Uh, Toronto did make a signing that will help them by Zane uh, gaining Alejandro Pozuelo. Listen, this is great for them. They've already had the backbones of that cup-winning team. But I'm not sure Pozuelo fixes everything that they lost when they lost Giovinco and Victor Vasquez. This is the thing that people tend to forget about Sebastian Giovinco. He was possibly the best talent to ever come to MLS. Even currently, you know, we're getting some great young players. Pity might have surpassed him. But Sebastian Giovinco was an absolute star in Italy before he came. He went to Juventus, didn't quite fit the system, but it was obvious he was talented enough to play there. Victor Vazquez, okay, I think Pozuelo might be better than him. But the problem is that was two creative players that were very good in this league. Now they have one. I'm not so sure it fixes everything. Yes, they beat the Union 3-1 this past week. But this takes Toronto, for me, from just outside the playoffs to in the playoffs. I think this makes them a contender, but nowhere near the first-place team they were in 2017. Other transfer news, Kenny Seff. Loan to Cincinnati. This is a team that needs attacking talent badly. But this doesn't help all that much. It's still a team of all defenders and defensive midfielders. And then Fernando Addy. For me, the biggest problem is their number 10 last game was Corbin Bone. Nowhere near the level of a Trey Cortista in this league. Alan Koch now has another attacking piece. But is still at least too shy of a great team. Uh, I'm hoping all the best. We see fantastic play out of Seth this year. So he can develop into a great winger for the national team but I'm not holding out hope uh, until the midfield shows that it can play both sides of the ball. They do have talents like Leonardo Bertone, Victor Ulloa, uh, Fatai Alashi, and more. So I do think that these are guys who can play box-to-box and be creative. I just haven't seen it yet. 
listen, going to Seattle's a tough place. But LAFC did it last year as an expansion team, and they won 1-0. So Cincinnati, it's not a great start. Big opening day loss, but there's time to turn it around. And this is a signing that could help. Not so sure it will. Let's go on to the week one headlines. First off, Michael Bradley terrorized the Philadelphia Union in the opening match. This was interesting. Uh, it was a first chance to see the Philadelphia Union's new system. Uh, and like I mentioned initially, there will be growing pains. And it's not going to mesh right away. Uh, fans are already calling Curtin out after this performance. Um, but, I mean, think about this. Two years ago, they went 0-4-4. No wins, four draws, four losses. And they almost made it to sixth. Quite close. And last year, they started 2-5-5. Five, and five, And still could have finished third if not for the last two losses in the last two games. So it isn't terrible for, for Union. New system. This happens for them. Toronto, however, do they deserve the praise? Are they back in form? Listen, they needed two goals from Michael Bradley. Keep in mind, this is twice as many as his previous three seasons combined. He had one goal in his past three seasons. So I think adding Pozuelo will be massive for them. But if Josie remains injured, I'm not too sure that the forward position can get a lot of goals. Terrence Boyd looks lost out there, and Jordan Hamilton has displaced him, who, I mean, he looked better, but I don't think he's a, you know, a strong enough forward to be getting you 15 goals in this league. Uh, in the end, I think in this match, Greg Vanny just, he got Curtin, he beat him on tactics, he put four men in the midfield, you know, playing the union man for man in the midfield, saying, you're going to put four, so are we. I'm not going to take it much other than that. I think Vanny wins this round. Could have gone another way, but interesting to see Bradley, perhaps, uh, making noise for this season. Vancouver versus Minnesota. Minnesota have now equaled last year's road win tally with this game against Vancouver, who, for many, is the darling team, the dark horse, if you will. But as you know, Eric and I have both chosen Minnesota to be our team, uh, and we're not too crazy for thinking that Minnesota's the real deal, and that maybe Vancouver is slightly overrated. Minnesota looked far better. Uh, Vancouver did seem to still to be just as much of a threat on set pieces with Eric Godoy and Doniel Henry as with Kendall Watson and Kai Kamara last year. Uh, but now that Darwin Quintero has support behind him, that guy's going to be lethal. Two, two assists in the goal against Vancouver. Uh, he could be an MVP candidate this year. Other game of note, there was a snow day in Colorado. Orange ball alert. Honestly, if you got a chance to see any of this game, unbelievable. could barely see what was going on. It looked like a blizzard from the TV. I know it probably wasn't really a blizzard, but uh, it was crazy to see how much snow was on that ground. There's not too many takeaways from a match like that. Um, it's, it's not that you're going to have to play in a blizzard all that often. And Okay, not too important. It was interesting to see uh, Andre Shinizaki, another top name, top name, top player, uh, the draft pick for Colorado getting the winning goal. Um, but it was just fun to see. I mean, that's what it's – I mean, if you're playing in Colorado, I guess that's what you're expecting. But that's the kind of soccer that MLS, even though being a summer sport here, kind of gives that you don't get in England. They don't really get the snow like that. So fun to watch. Maybe not so much uh, if you were in the stadium. The Los Angeles Galaxy just narrowly beat the Chicago Fire 2-1. David Usted stood on his head for that match. Uh, and Eric, of course, being the Chicago Fire fan he is, was wildly impressed. He believes he, that Usted made more good saves than Richard Sanchez did all of last season. I'm not going to go that far ahead of ourselves yet, but yes, Usted is a good keeper. He's fine. He had a good game. Uh, 
but I want to keep in you know keep on the record that he has a poor history recently. He had no shutouts in 17 matches at DC before Bill Hamid came, and he got ousted by Seth Marinovich at Vancouver. Uh, he stepped up, but he's 34. I think this is a short-term solution, but one that Chicago needed. Did the Galaxy really deserve this? No. Did the Fire deserve it? No. But listen, you go up one nothing in the Fire, you get a cheap goal like that, you probably got to defend. And uh, the defense wasn't good enough later in the game. Uh, and Efrain Alvarez was great. That kid is something special. He came on and was a the spark they needed. Uh, the wing play with Ale- uh, Romain Alessandrini coming off injured was a little bit lackluster, a little feat. So I wouldn't be surprised if Alvarez gets some more starts because that was really impressive how he, you know, more or less created those two goals, a second assist and first assist. So I want to see more out of him. They go to Dallas this week. Uh should really be uh, a starter, given the rest of the play around him. The late game, Sunday, Seattle Sounders beat Cincinnati in their inaugural game, 4-1. Uh, this is Seattle's, I think this is like their fourth time hosting an inaugural game. It was They hosted the Union way back in 2010, and they hosted LAFC back last year in the first game, and now Cincinnati. Uh so that's a little fun trivia for you. However, another classic trivia answer in the future is going to be who scored the first goal. It was Leonardo Bertone with an absolute rocket to open the scoring in this one. Goal of the week, potentially, I thought. Just the, the technique, the placement, the sick the situation. It had everything. Uh, Shinyazaki's was fun, but this was unbelievable. Uh, Cincinnati cannot hold on the end, and Seattle, for once, starting off incredibly strong four goals in the attack that looked like it could have had more as we mentioned before I don't think this is gonna be a slow start for Seattle they have Nico Ladero they have Raul Rui Diaz they have Victor Rodriguez they have Jordan Morris all at this stage of the season remember last year Jordan Morris tore his ACL in the CONCACAF Champions League and took him out for the season and yet we expect teams to play their heart out in the CONCACAF Champions League look what happened to Seattle then in the beginning of the season look at Seattle now one win, big one. Okay, it's against Cincinnati. Maybe not the strongest team, but I stand by. This is going to be a strong Seattle team. Maybe they're a bit weaker defensively with the loss of Ozzy Alonso, but, I mean, the way they ended last season, looks like they're picking up right where they let off. Same thing with DC United with a big 2 nothing victory over Atlanta. Atlanta had to play in CONCACAF Champions League. Looked a little tired, a little fatigued. DC looked up to the task at home at Audi Field. Lucho Acosta was absolutely magnificent. Paul Areola was fantastic on the right wing. He was everywhere. And Wayne Rooney did did his job. Nothing too fancy. You might expect a player of his stature to do that, but it wasn't that fancy. He held the ball up. He didn't give it away. He distributed, and he opened up space. This, I mean, even if this, he isn't scoring 25 goals this year, I think he's going to be incredibly important to this D.C. team. Who... You know, they were up for the task. Atlanta looked tired. They didn't look ready. They looked like they had just played a game midweek, and they were just out there because, you know, they had to. Didn't look like they were going up against a D.C. team that could be challenging for the Eastern title this year, even even the Supporters' Shield the way they played. And listen, I know D.C., even when they were bad before Rooney, before Hamid, before D.C., before Audi Field, they were a bit of a bogey team for Atlanta. And they're at home. 
So I'll give Atlanta a break here. But if they didn't have the CONCACAF Champions League to be playing, I wouldn't be giving them that. And that's why I don't think they deserve that break. But until other people come around, we'll let that go. Uh, in the last game, Eric was upset about this one. LAFC took down uh, Sporting Kansas City 2-1 at Bank of California Stadium in the last game of the week. Eric did not get to see Mohamed Elmanir on the field, uh, and he is quite livid about it, even throwing out hashtags like Bradley out, perhaps in jest. Uh, listen, I'm not completely surprised that Jordan Hardy started at left back. He got the game-winning assist, too. How about that? But I mean, in all seriousness, it wasn't as if Harvey had a stunner. He did surprisingly well against Johnny Russell. Not an easy task. Yeah, maybe he could have gotten tighter in the goal where Russell gets the assist. But I think given Harvey's his skill and his pace going up against Russell, I think he was smart to give that buffer, to give him room. He doesn't want Russell to push it past him. He's expecting his defenders to be tighter to their man in the box. Harvey was fine. I expect Munir to get a spot later on. But I worry how he's going to isolate that defense. That guy is not a defensive stalwart. Uh, Adama Diomande ended up scoring the winning goal off that Harvey assist. Came on for Christian Ramirez. Christian Ramirez was touted to be the starter early on, but when Diomande's in form, I think he's tough to beat. Very Josie Altidore-like. Strong, physical, powerful, fast. He doesn't give up the ball. He can hammer shots. He can touch it around you when he gets in good positions. When that happens, he's undefendable. He's just too big. He's too strong. He's too fast. Even if you can keep up with him, he's going to be holding you off. So we'll see because he does have, you know, stretches of bad form last year. But if he can keep it up, he's getting fed by Carlos Vela and not Jordan Harvey. Diego Rossi, who also had quite a nice goal. This could be a dangerous team. Rossi, what a kid, what a talent that kid is. I'm going to skip over, breeze over the CONCACAF Champions League talk. Atlanta losing 3-0 to Monterey late. Same thing with Houston hosting Tigres. Uh, Houston on home, Atlanta on the road. Listen, they both teams did well, all things considered, up until the end. But you can't give up three goals in a single leg, so you're not going to be able to turn that around against Monterey or Tigres. They're too strong. They're too good. Uh, so it's a shame, because I, I don't think either of those guys are going to, Houston or Atlanta, are going to be able to overturn that. But... It's a shame if you want them to go far. I think it's better for both teams to get knocked out early and move on. Play Andrew Carlton. Play some backups. Not backups, depth. Young guys. Give people a chance who wouldn't otherwise be playing. Red Bulls also lose at home to Santos, 2-0. Nice goal on that first one. I looked over that a lot. There's little things that defense could do, but overall it's a nice goal by Santos. Uh, the Red Bulls maybe defensively were a little bit standing off. Alfred Duncan at right back kind of let his guy get inside him. But I think Red Bulls might be out after this one as well. Kansas City, on the other hand, lose 2-1 on the road to Independiente, the Panamanian team. That's a talented team. I know Toronto lost to them last time, and we gave them a hard time, but Independiente is not going to be easy. So Kansas City should be able to come home and get the job done. I don't think they should, as I said in the beginning of the show. do They, they have decent depth but not good enough. They host the Union this weekend. If I was sporting Kansas City, it's tough because you just played your starters in back-to-back -back games on Sunday and then on Wednesday. Do you, do you play them again against the Union? I don't think they have it in them. I think we're going to see a weak in Kansas City team against a Union team that's low on confidence 
And you're Kansas City. You don't want to lose that first game on the road and then lose your home opener as well, go 0-2 to start the season. Be, be wary. That's what Toronto did. Toronto fell out very quickly and never clawed their way back up. We said, oh, they're going to come back. They're going to come back. They never did. Seattle did. Seattle came back. Kansas City, be careful. All of these teams. I would. I have completely changed my mind on this perhaps too quickly. On to fantasy. Despite Eric not being here, I will give him a shout-out. He comes away with a massive 77-point week, which is good enough for first place in the American Soccer Show League and uh, quite a high rank. Me, Emmett had a below-average 56, uh, ranked 8,000 out of 22,000. Uh, we're just going to go over some of the points that uh, separated the two teams. Uh, Eric put the armband on Darwin Quintero, as I mentioned, a goal and two assists. Uh, we were high on Minnesota, but they haven't been great in the road in the past. They were this weekend. Eric took a gamble there. It was a great one, and it paid off, Quintero being the highest point scorer of the weekend. His other forward, Jordan Morris, two goals next to Quintero, one player of the week in MLS. Hard to have a bad week when your two players are doing that. I, you know, I could go on and talk about why my team stunk. I was going to do this with Eric, but, you know, I think it's a little bit weirder if I'm complaining and whining uh, about my team. But I made some really poor <laughs> really poor decisions. I had Daniel Henry, who had 11 points, but swapped him out for Kai Wagner, who had two, at that very last minute, thinking that uh, Minnesota was going to score a lot of goals. They did, but Henry ended up getting some attacking returns. Also took Morales over Lucho Acosta. Maxi put up two points, while Lucho put up a fantastic 15 points. I thought Orlando would be an easier opponent than Atlanta. That's what CONCACAF Champions League does. So there's more more mistakes I made, but we're not going to go into all of them. Don't be an Emmett, be an Eric this week in fantasy. Uh, and we will keep you updated. I will keep you updated on the fantasy league. Uh, if you want to join, the invite, league, invite link will be in the description of this episode. Uh, that brings us to closing time. News and notes from around the league. Diamande, after scoring the winning goal, reached out to the 3252 supporters, asking not to be showered with beer, as he is a Muslim and doesn't drink. Uh, I was going to ask the question of, is dumping beer in your team after a game-winning goal a bad look in general, or a fun way to celebrate, like a champagne shower? I would say we'll give the fans a pass, because like a champagne shower, I think it's just something that happens. Player, fans are jumping up and down, their drinks come out. But I do think Diomande has the right to not want beer poured on him, given his religious uh, beliefs. And uh, I, hopefully the 3252 will be uh, more understanding in the future uh, and be aware of this situation. Carlos Vela joins Jonah Dos Santos, saying the Galaxy will be sorry for letting Giovanni Dos Santos go. Is this just Mexican solidarity? Is that chance Gio returns to form and lights up the league again? This one was specifically for Eric, because I know he has strong feelings about this, but... Uh, I'll step in and say I think Gio has the ability if he steps up to be a guy who lights up the league. But I don't know if anyone's going to take him on that salary. Colorado is a, a front runner, but at the time, at the moment, in the forward position, they already have Kai Kamara and Diego Rubio. They have Benny Failhaber, who's a ten, who's been you know kind of forced back into a six role. They don't even really need him. I don't know how many teams really need a number ten. That's usually the first thing teams are looking at nowadays is a ten. Personally, I think it should be a six. And that's why I think Minnesota will be so good this year, because they have Ozzy Alonso and Jan Gregish. But I digress. Gio has the talent. Wondering where he's going to end up next. Anyway, 
That's all the time we have this week on the American Soccer Show. Don't forget to subscribe and check out past episodes. You can find us on iTunes, Google, Spotify, and Stitcher for all your American soccer needs. Make sure to leave us a review on iTunes. Five stars. Show us some love. Uh, Until next time, I'm Emmett McConnell, alone, signing off.